You're listening to Red Nation Online. Wednesday, August 1st, it's Andre Zadorozny, Julian Zadorozny, and I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from TFC's dominant start to their 2012 CONCACAF Champions League campaign. A 5-1 win over City Aguila was highlighted by a Reggie Lamp brace and impressive playmaking display from Luis Silva. The Reds get all the points and goals for a positive start, but the question remains, can they carry this forward to MLS away fixtures in Chicago then Columbus? We're going through the result, changes in the roster, and what's ahead in the tournament and the league all in the next 35 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. We're live and direct from Stanley Park Studios. Per usual, guys. Once again, we're back here. Um, and guys, is this, is this the biggest victory for Toronto FC? 5-1? The biggest. I think 5-1. Well, no, it's not. No. 6-1. Second biggest victory. Toronto beat Montreal Impact 6-1 in the... Uh, <laughs> Miracle Montreal. Oh, Miracle Montreal. With Come. Vancouver waiting and crying. And crying. <laughs> it was such a drama, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you're, but you're right. Technically, regardless what it is. It We're was up there. 5-1. It was, this was the second biggest victory in yeah, right. uh, TFC's and, history, if I'm not mistaken. But this one means more. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think the Miracle Montreal was such a big media hype. And, and, and well, it did, we did advance. We did, no, we did yeah, advance. We did with advance. a Montreal team that had, that had fielded useless the, players. I, I think the, at, least, at least this team that we played today, Aguia, yeah. uh, at least fielded decent players and players that are in, four, as you said, four games into their pre- Well, you know, interesting, interesting enough, I actually spoke to uh, some of their fans leading up, and they said they left their best uh, attacker at home, right. and they uh, signed a Brazilian midfielder that they didn't bring along. Uh, so they like to think that... Uh, well, that wasn't their best was team. I threw it out there. We were watching. I wonder if they were playing their starting. Because I yeah. wasn't sure if the, the season had st- started for them. Right. Well, they said that the season ended in May, and it's already August. Yeah. And that's not much of a break, eh? Was it? No, but it, you know what I was, I, was no, I was trying to pull together, too, was that because of this year's uh, tournament, which I guess we can kind of start that off with if people don't know. I mean, we're, down, we're on a three-team group now instead of a four-team group. Right. So with four teams, we would have started sooner. And traditionally, when we've been playing that preliminary round against, um, you know, like a Guatemalan side or a Honduran side, they wouldn't have started their their season. Why yet. was that changed? Um, you know, they changed the format. I can't think of I can't think of the press release exactly why. But you look at the way the format is, and to me, I mean, the politics behind it, it looks like because they want to improve the odds of the knockout round being mostly U.S. based and Mexican based teams. Mm. Oh, so it's a conspiracy against Central American teams that they and, and Canadian and Canadian teams. Yeah, but by the time the, the Canadian, what Canadian teams? Montreal, Toronto, in Vancouver, in Vancouver. But they're already in their MLS play, so technically they have the advantage. Sure, right. So it's yeah. not really a against Canadian teams. Well, but Canada, will, the Canadian team will never be in Pot A. We'll oh, all, I see. We'll always oh, be right. in Pot B, so we'll oh, yeah. always be up against an American an team American or a Mexican, Mexican team, team in our group. That's the way it's falling right now. So, um, 
Canada, the Canadian team will always have a harder road because they'll likely be put in a team. You know, we would have, we could, we would have been in with LA, Seattle, Santos Laguna, or I think it was uh, Tigres. But Santos Laguna is a team that we've played before, and uh, a game that we most definitely should should be able to come up with at least a point. True, it's the you know the we home game. Out. Yeah, you think we lucked out with Santos Laguna? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, over LA Galaxy. Well, yeah. LA Galaxy was we had, I think we could have had Santos, LA. Seattle or um, Tigres. I wouldn't have wanted Seattle. No, me neither. I think with someone like I mean, with LA, I mean, you it could have gone both ways. LA is having kind of an up and down season this year. Well, I think that's the point, right? Like, I think Spark is saying that what we're dealing with is he would have preferred an LA team over a Santos team. But if I Sa- think. Sorry, go, go ahead. No, you finish. Because of Santos, because we played them already. Yeah, that's and what the I'm saying with that's, LA. That's, but that's what I'm I saying. I think the chances are better. Yeah. For some. Really? I think I do. I agree I with my just a, No, a, I think so. You, hey, gut feelings are allowed. Well, that's my gut. Yeah, I'm speaking from my gut. <laughs> All right. We'll yeah, no, no. That. I think I think Santos would be. I think it's going to be a better. I think. It, I mean, obviously, going to play in Mexico is never good, and it's never easy, regardless no. of who you play in Mexico. I the, think the team that Mar- Mariners fielding and getting ready to field. I know we'll, we'll talk about the changes, etc., during this game, because um, that was on. That's been on your mind on the way here, Spark. But I will say that Mariner is 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 is. Probably the better choice to go into Mexico than I think um, anyone else at this point. You think so? Oh yeah, that that yeah, I do think so. I think he's got a good formation. Going I think there. he's smart enough that he can get and and the, the changes that they're making, yeah, questionable here and there, but the way that the way that the team played today, even though it was under a lesser team, that's I think that's an arguable statement. Sure. That uh, Toronto was always going to going to really come out on top on this, and they go out. Quick passing. That attacking third was great. Um, of course, they're taller than majority of the players on the other team, but um, on the El Salvadorian team. But uh, and lots of headers on net. A lot of attacking of the goal. Not sitting back after two, three, one, and really pushing it. A lot of open space. Well, let's let's sort of like look at when we were coming into this game and sort of what we were thinking about Cidi Aguila and what we knew about them. Um, like I know, looking into it, uh, you know, we know that they had just won the 2012 Clausura Championship. Mm-hmm. They beat Metapan in the finals 2-1, but in that season, uh, Metapan went undefeated, and, and Aguila lost seven games. Coming into this game specifically, they'd started the Aptura season, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, they'd won three games on on the bounce. So they look like they're a team that's, you know, that. Didn't do great last season, even though they won the championship, which is a big deal. But their form throughout that season wasn't great. They lost their best striker to Metapan uh, through the offseason. And, uh, you know, that's where when I was looking at this game, you know, we've, we've gone up against we've gone up against Motagua. We've gone up against Real Esteli. Uh, we've gone up against uh, Arabi Unido, Toro, and done fairly well against all those teams. So, my, you know, my thought was, like, I didn't really know uh, if an El Salvadorian team would be any different, or how different they would be, you know, we uh, yes, yeah, funny you mentioned those teams because uh, you know, are these teams out of curiosity? I noticed that like when you watch Cruz Azul or Santos, how seriously are these teams taking the Concacaf Champions League as opposed? You know what I mean? Like when I watched them play, and you were telling me about their highlights, how? How seriously do you think they're taking these games? You're talking about the Mexican sides, or you're talking about I'm all talking, of them? No, no, I'm talking uh, Mexican sides. sides. I, 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 I'm going to leave the Mexican sides out. I'm going to talk about teams from 
You're talking there's, to Toro and I'm talking with him from uh, Toro, Central, Central America, Central America, America let's go in general. general. Well, you know, you can even and you can even throw in MLS teams. Mm-hmm. Like, how serious does anyone really? Take I think this MLS from? teams take it way more seriously than Central American teams. Really? Yeah, because there's something more to prove. MLS MLS has a big chip on its shoulder. You know, but you know what I'll just say? I think, I think once teams somehow find themselves in that knockout round, right. then they take yeah, it seriously. That's a good point. Um, Group stages, they tend to kind of not put field their best players and not not really go balls out. But I think that Toronto went out today with looking for a win. And I, I think LA, if they were playing today, would have gone out for a win. And Seattle or Portland, whoever. I think MLS teams, uh, statistically and generally, will, which is a weird contradiction, but they'll go out there and try to play and win the game because they have more to prove they need they have the North American market has still has to be drawn in to the, this competition whereas Central American or even Mexican will go back to Mexico you expect them to they expect, play you expect them to win you expect well, them to go out and play well generally. and their fans do anyway even if they feel the lesser team that's the ego that a lot of those teams have right well then let's let's, let's talk about this lineup let's, let's roll into the game then because I think Toronto the only change was Weidman was starting mm-hmm. Wide left everything else was the same he did really well I mean, you get, thought so? Yeah, I did. Wow. Getting that, getting in the box, pa- the passing, movement on the ball. The first half probably he had a better, he had a better first half than he did a second half. I would say that's fair because there was there was a point around the very end of the game where he, he got a touch, and I saw, thought to myself, I thought he got subbed out. I, I forgot he was in the game. Yeah, he he'd gone. But then, to be fair, I mean that wasn't that wasn't the final thirty minutes, and Toronto was kind of just kicking around he by that point. Foul somewhere in there. I mean, yeah, he's getting a little um, stretched out. But what we saw, I think the one thing that I really noticed early going was, um, you know, they carried over some of the formation that we saw on the weekend where you'd have Eckersley and Emery like laying deep and both Morgan and Henry kind of pushed up high. And it was almost like it was, it was like a two, three on the back. So Frings would be laying back in that like deep defensive midfielder role with with Morgan and and Henry out wide. And then you almost had... Uh, Emery and Eckersley lying behind them with these five guys back. But then there was points where you'd look up and they'd have four guys at the very, like, at the high end of Aguila's defense. So they'd have almost four guys up there waiting for a long ball to come mm-hmm. to them. Um, Which was working. You definitely have to think today when they looked at that team and if they did any research on, you know, the, I mean, really a, a lot of Central American sides don't, aren't known for height. I don't think, well, and we've and we've had success with that in the past. So I think that was probably something that that Paul Mariner looked at and was like, let's just you know, let's just let's try to see what how we can how we do in the aerial battle. Two of the five goals, correct me if I'm wrong, were, were off the head. The first goal, it was Silva. Silva. So Silva scores the opener. Yeah, I always um, miss stuff. Off because. a corner kick, yeah. and right off the bat, nine minutes the in, rings. Yeah, we yeah. get that, and then we have a give and go. Between uh, Reggie Lamb and Silva again. Lamb scores a brace. Yeah, Lamb scores again on the 17th minute. And then 39th minute, we have uh, a low cross come in from Ashton Morgan and Terry Dunfield. Yeah. Terry Dunfield, attacking midfielder. He, he bundled into that. He did. He just kind of put he his kinda, foot he, on it. It was perfect. For, no, from uh, yeah, from our uh, angle, it was no. He's no. He's no Stefano Maudi. He's not like touching <laughs> it with his foot. He's bowling but, in there. But it no was neck is bowling in there. If you had seen it from knee. our side, he basically he basically was a he, tree stump he, and yeah, put his leg out. And right went, now, okay, hold on. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. I'm not going to shit on Dunfield, but I will say that it was it was it was an easy goal for him. 
Sure. Sure. But he, it was in. But he got so, it. You know, hey, he made the run. He did make you the know, run. He was all by himself. was great, and he, was, he wasn't over. How many goals has Coverman scored like that? And he's injured. I know. Speak ill of the dead. You can't speak about Coverman. But there's an interesting article uh, in the sport in Sportsnet on the website about Dunfield and how Dunfield has now kind of blossomed into this into this player that Mariners made him into this 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 mean he's gotten, machine. He's gotten better. He's gotten way better. Under still, and that would make you happy. He still gets overzealous. I find he still gets overzealous. He, he makes mistakes. Um, he does, but he's but playing well. I think well. he's getting better. He's getting better. And that that makes me happy because I never liked him. Um, I do have to say this: when he scored against Vancouver, I did not like his, his being so excited. He comes from Vancouver, and yeah, he plays yeah. for Vancouver. That's really got, disrespectful. Well, then you know why? Because he got, I think he got, because he's shot on. He feels team, pissed off, and he got pushed out of that. That's. I just want to say that. I've been wanting to say that for weeks. Well, now you're here. Disrespectful. Who else? Now you're here. Who else? Who else we got? Well, okay, so that that takes us through the first half, guys, um, and then we get in the second half, and right out of the gate, once again, Reggie Lamb, uh, you know, gets a ball fed to him, sort of in that. Yeah. No man's, I don't call it no man's land, but he was kind of between the midfield and the defenders just Which outside the 18 year box. It was a space that uh, 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 it was kind of shocking. They were giving, trauma. and I have to say, you. when you watch the replay, I mean, it was keeper should have done a lot better. It wasn't he had it, some it, good saves that keeper. Well, but, maybe we did have the on the header on, on a header. header. He oh, made a nice, yeah, I mean, he, but made, he was left out to dry. Yeah, I mean, man, oh well, man. that last well, the, the fifth goal, the last goal probably shouldn't have happened. He it, no. who scored that goal. Johnson. Johnson. No, not the Johnson goal. The one before that. That was Reggie Lamb. Reggie Lamb. Reggie Lamb comes out off outside of the box, beats the defender on the inside, tons of space, shoots it in, and it goes in. That's not. That shouldn't be a goal for if you're a good. If you're if the keeper is on his game, he should be covering that side anyway. Can we? I mean, but the translation. Let's let's. This can they take it to the weekend? And that's really what's more important. Are we, are we taking positive positive moments here and saying this is going to translate in, against Houston in 90 degree weather? Or Maybe, Chicago? Or Chicago? Sure. I mean, I hope that's what you hope to take from it. But did you, I I don't know if there was there was definitely parts of this game um in sort of like some individual performances that weren't at a high enough level, I think, that you can say mm-hmm. Well, that goal that Kosic let in. Well, that's what we should talk about. Co- yeah, well, now, and, and here's this is the interesting thing, guys. Almost the uh, why was should a, he be rusty? Almost a year ago to the date, uh, I think it was Real Estelli comes to town. Oh yeah, and the same thing. He bungled a shot. Oh, and he, it squirts out, and the and the striker slotted it in. It was two one, and we were like, oh man, that's not a good scoreline to go into Central America with yeah. two to one. He didn't bungle it. He he saved it. He made the initial save, which wow. was a good shape. Good save. But he, he, if you look at the replay, he tries to punch it. He punches it, and it goes out. When he really he should have been punching it away from That's himself. That's a screw-up. That's called is bungling it. it. Yeah. Bungling when is... he passes no, it back to the bungling guy. It, bungling the, it. Up, bungling it. The definition, Webster, is the fact that he, if you have the ball and it slips out of your hands or you... Stuff like that. Goaltender 101. <laughs> Pat... He, the, the, he takes a shot, parry it away. Parry it away. He didn't parry, parry it away. away. No, he... But he made the initial save. That was a big save. He didn't have a lot to do. And when he was doing leg work, he I was know, doing he a was. little workout. I in the second he half. He was doing a little workout. Like, he's bored. I'm like, oh, why is Kosic is... And you were saying to me it was... But that's... I was reading an article a long time ago about goal... T- it was a Premier League article. And the goalkeepers were having... If it's a, it's a blowout, what do you do? But you got to be always ready. So what they do is how to treat, keep them in the game. So Kosic was doing the right thing. He's going out there, making sprints, making himself lively. Some parts... When they scored, they were up three... Goals, it was two right? to one. It was two to two one, one on that goal, yeah. and now at that point it was well, like, "Why well, is the game on?" I'm like, "That's there's 
yeah. there's going to be something Classic new. And then TFC. They, TFC scored again. Yeah, almost immediately. Almost immediately. Almost but that was, you know what? That was the first thing where we were sitting. We were talking about. I was. It was two 0 pretty quick, with a lot Very. of game to go in. That's the kind Ooh. of. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say that's the sort of scenario. At least knowing this team, you know we've had early leads before and let them slip yeah. through our fingers. So, um, you know, I was worried that that's that was the situation, and and not knowing, you know, I've never seen this team play before, so you don't know if they're just kind of getting their feet beneath them or they're just like they need a little bit of time to warm up they're still get a bit rusty from the off season you know if they start cooking and start going here are they going to all of a sudden turn it on you know at the 20 minute mark 30 minute mark and then and then leave us that was that a legitimate fear for you um you know what maybe a two to one but i the team hadn't shown really much i understand the whole concept of playing possum well to, to let up a goal like even before that they were having. They almost had success on that set piece right. in in, in the uh-huh. northeast corner, where they caused Toronto some problems, and they were getting a chance on goal. So that was, of course, the first FC. It was like, here we go again, man. Set pieces. Toronto just can't. Doesn't seem to have it together on that. Even even when against an opposition that, you know, it looks like we're you know physically, athletically, technically superior to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they found a way to score, and we found a way to make a mistake. Well, defensively, Toronto played much better. Eckersley had that line. Yeah. It was his line. He yeah, you know, we, and we should line. also say even Logan Emery, who's uh, who's the much maligned Logan Emery, at least had a decent game. You know, today. I think he and Morgan together. I think the, I don't know for some reason for some reason that back line worked for me today. I mean, you're not going to play Toronto and not score goals. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I expected goals. Yeah, but I also felt that the reason I brought up whether they were phoning it in, Aguilar were phoning it in, is because I felt after the third goal, it sort of felt like a friendly. It certainly began that Egla sort of. They were never. They, never kinda, they kind up. of reserved themselves to the uh, loss. If, didn't you find the atmosphere also? Just, well, well, you guys were celebrating. If you were in the south end, it looked like you guys were having fun. Yeah. But I'm watching the game from a different vantage point, and it definitely felt very casual. Fifty-three hundred people. It, oh did, my it God. did. It casual. did. You're right. It did eventually start feeling like we were seeing a friendly. It did. Well, let's well let's okay, well, let's wrap up the scoring okay. on Ryan Johnson's. Uh, Smooth Wait, goal. so what should we say about, about Kosic? So, we, so we're unhappy that they let him one goal and he made one mistake? I think that's. I think the, I think the mistake is worth bringing up. No, I um, agree. I'm just I saying... I think if, if you're going to make that... Look, you're going to make that mistake against a team of this, uh, of this ilk is not necessarily going to so make you look Toronto like a Toronto should have won 5 You do that in Houston, he's shaken. He'll get shaken because I guarantee Houston's not going to be just... You know, tossing them in on set pieces and just sort of, you know, they're going to be. Pressing. But if the whole team is playing a friendly, as you just said, would you not think that even the back line? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's going to be. I, I have a feeling. I mean, after all, you know, they score some goals. I mean, I just hope that the positivity he's, goes forward. He's That's still it. on side anyway, and they scored a goal. Yeah, because he went. He went through the. They broke through. They had their line came through. Right. Um, well, this is a, this is sort of something I think that. That feeds the discussion of like Toronto's goalkeeping situation, and Stefan Fry continues to uh-huh. regain his health. We bring in um, the Bermudan keeper Hall, yeah, um, to taking up an international slot. And uh, you know, we, as we look to the end of this season and next season, that's definitely I think that's going to be a legitimate question: who's going to be the number one keeper uh, going in 2013? But let's finish up. I want we should finish the game because there's tons of stuff to talk about. Even items like this, um, the attendance tonight, um, you know, everything laughable. that went on around the stadium. Looking forward to, down the down the line in this tournament, laughable. 
Completely. It was It was. I, I couldn't believe how little people were there. I thought it would be the opposite. I thought, because we had such great attendance for the CONCACAF stuff, I realized that it was towards the end of the tournament and after LA, and then, so you know, people were excited. Yeah. But I thought for sure, because the season is, is a write-off. Done. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're dead last. Yeah. So there's nothing happening there. Yeah. So this is really the only authentic competitive football we're going to be able to see. Yeah, and I again, would have assumed that a Wednesday crowd, we've gone to games where they played all the better teams. Better teams. Yeah, well, that's my full. point. They so played, I was sort of, it was like a, it was like a tennis yeah, match. Yeah, but what did we say earlier in the pod? We said that, that we're not surprised that. 5,300? I'm surprised. I'm surprised at 5,300, buddy. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it became an El, it was like an El Salvador, I mean, it wasn't really like an El Salvadorian home game, home game, but I mean, there was a lot more people wearing blue and white. It's true. And orange. Quite a and orange. And orange Quite and black. A, hey, I was sitting with them. Got beer thrown at you. Beer thrown at you. In the mean, since, since that LA game and the huge sellout at, yeah, but the, at, at the Rogers People Center, but wait a minute. Can you see Beckham? Oh, come on. No way. No. You're full of shit. You think if Beckham, you think if that was a Mexican team, you think if that was another, uh, another like I think an El so. Salvadorian team, I, you would have as many people yeah, there? I do. No, I don't. I do. Just, to be, just to be opposite you. This yes. is in Montreal, buddy. But, I mean, anyway, but uh, okay, so what? So, but you know, that's neither, neither here nor there. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that in the meantime, between that LA game and now, we have seen such a dip in form. We've seen already a, a, a coach cha- coaching change. We've seen a team that has been in shambles and now kind of having a, a Phoenix rising resurgence. Um, people are, you know, this is how it should be. This should be 53. It should be 5,300 at every game. Because people are unhappy. Funny enough, this is what I thought it was going to be when and I most people are I, fickle. When most I bought my first season, season ticket in two thousand, what is it now, seven or whatever, it was, I thought for sure that's how many people would be getting fifty three hundred people. Oh, well, I never expected to sell out. Those skunks have me rattled. Guys. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I'm going to leave this. I'm going to probably cut out the other one, but I'm going to leave this in. Is that what, what the listener may or may not know, or may not get just is there's two friggin' skunks <laughs> circling us in this park, and, and they're about. How far? Thirty feet yeah. away. Yeah. And Andre and I aren't very calm. No, we're they're very, very calm. About it. Like they don't think it's a big deal. Spark but is freaking out. There's. Uh, I don't want these skunks are crazy. Skunks will only attack if you provoke them. Are you provoking them? No, I'm not. <laughs> unless, they're, unless they're CD Agia fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They're, you know, they're buddies. They're hanging out. They're talking about what they're for dinner. Oh man. How their day was. It's the afternoon, man. It's morning for them. Yeah. So then, what do you guys think this means for? Any other games in this group? Are we looking? Is this is this the norm when it's uh, when you're not roped into a season ticket package? Is this is this support for Toronto FC? I in think the Santos city? will get bring more people out because people yeah. remember Santos. Like, let's face it, Aguia is not a team that is you know on paper anything to anybody in the, the city. Someone like us who I love watching these teams. Play. Yeah, it's, I, it's I a love treat. Going. You, you don't. When's the next time you're going to see a team I'm not like this be in play? Salvador next week or anything. So so, so yeah, a Santos will bring. more. I say there'll be at least. 10,000 people at the Santos game. It's the end of the summer. Uh, people will be more inclined to go see a team they've seen play before. And and, and hopefully Toronto will put on a good show. Um, who else is in this group? It's just us, Aguila, and yeah, Santos Laguna. So there it is. And then we don't have to worry about it until... Our next game's not until August 28th. That's the one good thing is that with these three teams, it's nice and spread out. I feel. I. I mean, you guys obviously remember. I remember the last the last two years. I mean, this just the schedule through August is completely insane. Yeah. 
Even though, I mean, the schedule through the whole summer is completely insane. Once we get into the Canadian Championship, and then we roll right, we would roll right into that preliminary round. Maybe like three weeks later, a month later, and then it's just nonstop. Um, at least in terms of that, this format works, I think, because then it's like you can make that argument for, especially for MLS sides. At least we're going to um, we're going to get a little bit of reprieve. I mean, the average the average uh, MLS game we have we play is an average of it's pretty high sometimes it's as high as 18,000 so well it's not as high as it used to be no of course not, not, it couldn't possibly be we're, we're awful it's an awful organization with a lot of awful people running it it's so true. it shouldn't <laughs> why should be why should we be giving them any more money well you know what else I want to talk about from this game guys I you I we Andre and I talked to us on the way back and I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about this but I do I do have picked up sort of like the since Mariners taken over, there has been sort of patterns in terms of like players who get starts and then players who are getting subbed in, players who are getting subbed out. Um, once again today, even after Houston, when Aaron Mond and Jeremy Hall were subbed in and seemed to immediately have a hand in Houston scoring a goal, both come into this game while Eric Avila, Matt Stinson sit on the bench uh, and don't get a sniff. Mm. Does that? Do you guys see anything into that? I think Stinson has never. I've never enjoyed Stinson's style, his playing methods. I've always felt he was more of a hindrance. He came on a couple of times Recently. in the last Concacaf stuff. Played mostly Concacaf stuff. I mean, like he, he played. He Santos. played pretty much all down the he stretch never, last year. I mean, I don't. I can't think of a of a of a real. Matt Stinson made an appearance uh, in an MLS game. Not too long ago. I think he's a little, he's a little he green. A, he's never really been well, very, he's, only he's never green. been entirely effective in any system, I don't think. I mean, he looks like he struggles a lot. I'm surprised so he's I'm still not, on the team. Yeah, I thought he would have been. Well, who wants him? Really? Well, you know what? Here's what I would have said, or here's what I say, from what I've seen of like the likes of Aaron Mond and even Jeremy Hall, that we're an organization like Toronto FC who's making this big song and dance over their, their Toronto FC Academy and how great it is. Uh, you would think when you're winning 5-1... to one, and a player like Aaron Mon, who hasn't shown much of anything, and you have a choice between Aaron Mon, who's a center back, yeah. substituting in for your midfielder, Torsten Frings, and you have a midfielder who's from your academy, at 5-1 to one in a game like this, I'm sort of wondering why Aaron Mon is all of a sudden now a midfielder and why you're not giving Stinson at least you know 30 minutes. Maybe at this moment, at the time of the game, he felt that he's going to try something different. He's going to experiment a little bit. I mean, let's talk, can I just go briefly back to the, the Liverpool friendly and sure. all the youth guys that were playing? I thought that was a fantastic game. I thought, I know it was a friendly and it didn't mean anything, obviously, but to see a lot of the youth come out and play quite well, I mean, it, it gave me hope. And I think I think that in general, when you're watching, obviously, and it's almost, it's almost like almost saying it's the same type of game, you know? It, like I said before, it was kind of like a friendly. So towards the end, it's almost like he's treating it like a friendly, they're up so high, so he's going to try something different. I'm going to put Mond out, leave Stinson sitting on the bench. I didn't think anything of it. I mean, you thought it was something to be a little bit suspect. I, I think I, Stinson's on the way out anyway. Well, I've seen, that's the thing, is that I've seen Mond come in for the last, was it, three or four three games. Four years, yeah. And I've never, for, for me personally, I haven't seen anything in there in terms of, like, technique or anything, really. So, that, looks like so we're personal. basically saying, talking, almost talking about the same person. Right. Right. But you know, but but on my argument is also again that it's like if Toronto is gonna is gonna advertise themselves as this you know 
we got this $20 million academy. Right. You would think you'd maybe put your academy player on in a 5-1 win. We only have three subs. Sure. You're and saying, then, well, you're asking it, why he's even playing. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like in a situation that's why I don't understand why. And who should he be playing? Who should Mariner be playing? Well, and I was, that's what I'm saying. In an instant like this, I would have rather seen Stinson get a run out. Uh-huh. Um, but to, to but is it? But is it the same player that to we're talking? I mean, do they have the same skill level? Do they have the same? I think they're comparable. Right. So, and but I'm circling so back mean, again. I'm circling back to my the whole thing where it's like if yeah. Toronto's going to say like, "Hey, every kid in the GTA, yeah. no, I, <laughs> hey, come to play for Toronto City Academy, where you'll never get a minute on the on the senior team. Or you'll play against you'll friendly, rot you'll rot on the friendly bench. Friendly yeah, you get to play friendlies once a year, and you'll rot on the well, bench all season perhaps long. Perhaps this, this Oscar Cordon perha- and Matt right. Stinson. Perhaps this is more saying what Mariner thinks about the youth system, and maybe Mariner doesn't think that. Maybe this is more of saying what uh, Mariner thinks about the youth system, right? And Mar- maybe Mariner doesn't have any confidence in the youth system. Perhaps Mariner just has his own vision. And, and this is why Mariner can throw him out against Liverpool, which means nothing. But when the shit hits the fan, when he's playing a CONCACAF Champions League game, I know it doesn't seem like a big deal, but for him, maybe he wants to play the guys that he thinks he has a future with. I mean, Mariner doesn't seem to please anybody. You know, he's not gonna do anything I'm not, you ball. know, I, I like uh, Eric Avila okay, but it's just like... When when his like one of his opening press conferences, he just needs to make a tweak here and there, and that's clearly not what's not going no, on. No, he's making. We're clearly we're clearly turning this team over slowly. Yeah, yeah. And I find we're gonna be. I just I'm just can't wait for next year how they're gonna explain a, another rebuild, or or how they're gonna explain. Well, maybe he's rebuilding now, so well, there won't be another. You rebuild. were mentioning the last the last part I heard that you were when I listened to what you about the Ameriquois, and you felt that he was just sort of like a, a filler. He was sort of just there. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Just sort of. So low, low end, low end, cost effective. You he know, came out and did player. nothing. He, and he came out for Johnson. Yeah, he did. And he was which really, is, I think, was a good substitute. Well, That's like so- for like in the end, wasn't it? I mean, it was this like, is the this is the thing that I think is is bizarre. Is like a lot of these guys are like for like. And but, all it is is that all we have is someone who's come in in Paul Mariner who's just like this is this is my guy. I don't like that guy. And it's like, but at the end of the day. There's no difference between them, so I it's like you've disrupted any you've disrupted any continuity and yeah. any consistency, any stability, just for that. And f- to me, that's just I don't know. But how, but that, it, but he's winning games majority of now them. for now. But they're dead last. But why are we doom saying? Oh, the end is always nigh for this team. You can't get any more wet. I mean, you're at the bottom. Let's worry about Chicago on Saturday. Yeah, let's talk about that. Well, let's let's take a quick gander down the schedule, guys. If 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 what we take from this beating CD Aguila is that something? Do we are we taking this result? We're taking this the way we played today and say, yeah, this team looks like they're ready to take on Chicago in Chicago, and then go on and play Columbus in Columbus. Julian, you're shaking your head. Uh, you want if, to start? Uh, no, no, because this was a totally different game. It was. I mean, they were. It, look, I mean, if they can manage to score two goals early. By some miracle, and Chicago has decided that they weren't going to bring out their A game, then maybe I'd say they just stand a chance. But I mean, let's—I mean, how many times has Toronto gone down early in a game? I mean, if if Aguila had scored early in an MLS game, game, but in general, well, an MLS game. But I mean, saying today, if they had gone down one nothing in this game, do you think they would have bounced back as quick? Maybe, maybe. I mean, is this a team that's sh- that if they have to score two goals in order to feel strong? Yes, and, and, this is, but that's the team they are. The team should be pressing at all times. None of this defensive shit. 
The team has to go out and they have to score thought, goals. The whole point of the game is to score goals. And I turned to you and I said, you my brother, I said, <laughs> I said, this is not the same. Do, do people know this is two different people that have been talking the whole podcast? Hopefully. Julian on one side, Andre yeah, on the other. Said, well, you'll say it in the beginning. I will, I promise. Yeah, FC Tokyo have a saying called moving football, and I think that applies to Toronto. Moving football, and that's what they need. They need to consistently move the ball and always be... that. And that the irony is this, and that's what Aaron Vinter wanted. He wanted this type of football, and he never couldn't get it with a 4-3-3 formation. So now, he's, now irony abounds with this team. Mariners coming, putting on a 4-4-2 show, and having fluid football. Now, that could be argued that the team that they played against today wasn't very good, so you're allowing that. But if they can miss, somehow match yeah. that against Chicago on Saturday, then you've yeah, got a winning team, that's, a winning that's, formula. That's, that's the test. Because they didn't do that against Houston. They were brutal. No. you you got to say, against a team that was like disciplined, and organized and patient and confident in themselves like Houston, um, it was easy. It was easy. You know, against a team like Colorado, who are just a mental dis- like disaster, they were able to do that against them. So that's that's the thing is, like, what's going to happen when Toronto goes into Chicago? I think that's another big test. And I thought Houston was a big test for Toronto, and they failed it. Um, luckily, a week later, they'll get a second, you know, a second chance to, to prove themselves. So... Um, that's that's the thing. I, I do think when you look at games where they look great, you have to say, especially against this team and against uh, Colorado, it was it had something to do with how poor the opposition was. And this is a boost in confidence coming off a midweek game and winning soundly. And they learned a lot from this game. How could they not? Things worked today. And I think that that's going to that definitely you'll definitely see a changeover. They may not yeah, win they, against Chicago. Don't forget, they won't be able to do a lot of the stuff they did tonight against no. Chicago. That's another. No. That's just another no, thing. But at least, so let me just say this: yeah, yeah. Can they come up with something else when these things they did tonight don't start working? Right, well, that becomes yeah, called, depth. That's called depth. Yeah, it's called Mariner we, having a plan B, C, plan D, B. and E. Yeah. Does he have that? Right, and we didn't see that against Houston. No, no. we did not. Right, except that, for excluding like Eckersley and a few. Shining lights in that game, but you know it has to be like today. It has to be the sum of all parts. It cannot just be one or two people, mm-hmm. and that's what you see when they're when they lose and when they play terribly. They just they just basically they rely on whatever two people or three people. And today they played like a team, they played like a team, and they won, and they Sounds deserve right. that win. Just don't do it. So I mean, you just want that belief system, that discipline, like you mentioned, Spark. Discipline. It's all about discipline. Totally right. And, you know, a lot of the times they just, they don't have it. Mm. Today they had discipline, and hopefully they can carry that forward. God willing. Mm. We'll see. Well, there you go. We should, oh, well, I want to do the sights and sounds. I wanted to finish it on that. That would have been a great, a great point um, to finish the podcast on. God willing. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> sights and sounds. Sights and sounds, guys. It was good. You guys were in the, you guys were in the south end? Yeah, but our section was, I mean, it was, la- it was pretty, pretty dim for the first, like, quiet. And then... You know, this is yeah. well. The, the Aguila fans are pretty quiet after the third goal went in. You know what? And, you know and what? I had to tell you this. I told I, we, we kind of mentioned some way. <laughs> I kind of felt bad, but it's you know it's kind of a moment where I don't want to say it makes me feel good in any way, but it's like you, I remember being a kid and being really attached to a sports team, yeah. and when like uh, the Leafs would get knocked out of the playoffs, I I cry, yeah. and this little guy, this like ten year old kid. And I, I would have loved to have, like heard before the game like what people must have been telling him about about his team, and how great they must have been. Because when we went up, he was bawling his eyes out. Well, he deserved. This kid was crying. He deserved it. 
<laughs> Three to one. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. But then I kind of, I kind of related. When I was like, I had, I, I used to love a terrible team called the Toronto Maple Leafs, and yeah. they would well, lose every I don't year. Have news for you. Used yeah. to. No, no, they're the best team. Let me in tell you the something. World. You know, another thing I noticed is that even though this team was losing, this team was losing, Aguila was losing. Everybody was still having a good time. Yeah. They were drinking. They were talking. You know, Spanish everywhere. Spanish, Spanish everywhere. And they were just having a great time. They were happy to be out. Yeah. Happy to be enjoying themselves. Yeah. So sights and sounds. Yeah. Anything else? A lot of good flags. A lot of orange. Walter Soto at the people. end signing signing cool. flags. That was cool. That's nice to you see. You know, the team traveling. They see their fans. See fans. It was it was weird because the whole team left and he on his own. Yeah. And from what I can tell, isn't a big player. Doesn't no. look like he's like he's twenty. Looks like the stat that I've dug up on Wikipedia like right uh, there was that he's played once for is the national the team of maybe he is <laughs> um, comes over and, and the, all the fans there start you know piling on and passing him things yeah, to yeah. sign would have been a nice picture and you just sat there and signed, signed autographs for like 20 minutes after the game yeah. it was cool to see it's nice to see yeah would that have happened like even when we saw Montreal when they played Montreal and we had all those fans and the who came out to visit us Coovermans, nobody else. There was what, maybe six hundred of us. Yeah. And he, he comes out, and nobody else did. Nobody. Yeah. He turns around, going, "Where is everybody?" Yeah. He came to applaud us. This is this. We can go our, our forever about the concept behind the commodification of football and how there's not enough passion in this game. You you would never ever see someone from Toronto FC if we were in a, then come out and sign autographs. It's, it's They're not allowed. It's, they're not allowed. Yeah. Well, there it, there it is. There it is. They're not allowed. There's the they monolith. Wouldn't be, they wouldn't be allowed. Not like, I wish Steve Perry was here because then he, I would, <laughs> he, no, he would go on about the it's politics. Not like, of it's this not like game. in Genoa. Remember when Genoa and and yeah, when the they, ultras came down yeah. and they stopped the game and Schooley came up and he's like, I'm not, I'm not giving, giving my, my shirt. Jersey. I'm not yeah. giving you my shirt. Yeah. And I applaud. I was so proud of him right. at that moment. What's your point? Point is that you don't see that. You're not gonna get that here. You don't get that. Zero. No. Because it's different, different mentality, no. different mentality. No, no one's raised on the sport and, here. And because that doesn't really. happen, look, MLSC can't exploit it. They yeah, can't exploit all the fans coming to every game anymore, because they're not coming. There's no passion. They don't even like the, after the game. They don't even come all the way up to the corner. They go halfway. Well, they're not allowed, like you said. Right? That's ridiculous. Period. I don't yeah. even know how that's even that's, fair. Yeah. I mean, you know, what's going to happen to them? Who knows? Sights yep. and sounds. Sights and sounds. All right, guys. Well, on that note. Toronto FC, top of Group A? Are we in Group A? I think we're in Group yeah, A. Yeah, because there was no other games today, so yeah. No, there was games yesterday, wasn't there? Santos there was played. games today as well. Santos played today? I think we're in... No. no, no throughout the whole tournament. Oh, like, through I the see. Through the eight groups or whatever that there is. Um, yeah, 5-1. So well, we're, we're on the top of it. that's good for, for goals, because when they go to Mexico... <laughs> it's going to even out. I asked Andre, I said, when, when are they going to be playing and in El Salvador? And, you know, no, El Salvador is at the... It's in September, September I believe. And by then... They're gonna have. They're gonna be a lot stronger. Ten games in, twelve games in. Yeah, Aguirre is gonna be ready for. Especially, it's only a ten thousand seat stadium. Yeah, eight to ten. I think. Yeah, it holds. The capacity is ten. We'll see. Hey, at least at least we have gonna have some exciting games in this tournament. Yep. All right. That's something to be said. Now we've we've moved tables. Now we do have an east and a west. We got uh, Julian on the east. On the east. Thumbs up. Spark and Andre on the west. On the west. West side and. that friggin' skunk Skunk's is on, skunk is on the east side making his way towards the west <laughs> and on that queue, let's get out of here. Catch you guys. Oh, there won't be a podcast on the Chicago game. There will or not? There will not. Okay. I'm out of town. Nobody's around. Um, and I won't be back till mid next week. So 
uh, I won't even be able to get back in time to, to give this off to Steve and Tim to do one. So for the, for the one time, officially there won't be one, uh, but we will be back the following weekend against uh, Columbus. So just putting that out there, and uh, thank you, God willing, thanks for listening. <laughs> Eastside Stand Up is the only Toronto C-specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to be involved. Reach out to us on Twitter through hashtag ESSU or at Red Nation Online. You can email us at Have Your Say at Red Nation Online or info at Red Nation Online. Get into the discussion on Toronto FC through Eastside Stand Up and Red Nation Online. They don't understand you.